As the offseason ticks away, Adam and I are here to tell you what we think the rest of the careers of some of the great quarterbacks of the 2010s are going to look like. Welcome to the Goal Line Fade Podcast. Yeah, I'm super excited about this this episode um, and the series of episodes that are coming down the line too. Um, really hoping that this is you know entertaining content and engaging content because I mean we all have our different opinions. We all um, you know don't know what these quarterbacks' careers are going to look like, what the future players um, that we're going to cover in future episodes look like. But I think the, the speculation aspect is fun. Um, we love you know talking about free agency, talking about trades thinking about the future and projecting where some of these guys are going to go. And so quarterbacks of the 2010s felt like the perfect place to start. You look at, I mean, the, the quarterbacks that we have on this list are all over the age of 30. Some of them are even over the age of 40. And um, you know what? It's quite a shock to see how old some of these quarterbacks are. Like Matt Ryan's 35. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's 38. Russell Wilson's turning 32. Um, these are guys that I, you know, you, you think of them as, as young players and, you know, guys who <laughs> aren't that old, but in reality, like their careers are coming up rather soon. Yeah, it's actually been crazy. I pulled up this list that you made, Adam, and I like almost had to double take seeing, I mean, Kirk Cousins being almost 32, Russell Wilson being almost 32, Cam being 31. I think I've mentioned this a few times, but 2011 was the first draft I watched. So he was the first overall pick that year. It's like, dang, I've been watching football long enough now that the guy who went first overall in the first draft I watched is currently sitting on the sidelines with no team because he got cut. Like, I don't know, all these QBs who, when I started watching football, where uh, the stars or the quarterbacks of the future are now kind of the guys of the past who are on their way out. Well, that's just it. And I mean, this offseason was one of the biggest in terms of quarterbacks and transitions for quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady was the, the obvious name. We saw him go to the Buccaneers. Um, we saw Phillip Rivers go from the Chargers where, you know, drafted by the Giants, kind of traded to the Chargers with Eli Manning, or, you know, the flop there or the switch. And then, I mean, now sort of being cut and then going to the Colts, right? There's so many different things that can happen to these quarterbacks that we sort of, you know, assume that they're always going to stay with the same franchise. And um, that's why making this list was, or sorry, not necessarily forming the list, but trying to form predictions for what the rest of these guys' careers will look like was actually really hard. Um, Tom Brady was the one that I felt the most confident in, though, that he's going to stay with the Buccaneers. I don't think that he's, uh, that he's going to leave the Buccaneers. I think that's where he'll finish his career. What about, uh, do you have any doubts there? Or, or what do you think Tom Brady's career with the Buccaneers, potentially other teams, are going to look like, or is going to look like? Yeah, I think that two-year deal with the no-trade clause pretty much is, like he said for a long, long time, 45 was his goal, 45 was his goal, and um, he's going to turn 43 before the season here, and by the end of his two-year deal, he'll have hit 45, and I think um, these, this is it. We're, we're seeing now the for-sure end of the playing career of the best NFL football player ever. Um, and yeah, with, there's no way he leaves the Bucs. He has a no-trade clause, unless he chose to waive that for some reason. Um, but do you think he plays I don't think beyond that two-year deal? Contract. No, I think no. this is it. I think, I think Giselle would kill him if he tried to go any further. <laughs> if the NFL defenders didn't. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, okay, so this is interesting. 
Um, I know your take on Tom Brady. I know your take on um, the offense in Tampa Bay. And I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit as far as how well you think he's going to do this year. So what is the next two years, if we're saying that's as long as he's going to play, what does that two years look like for Tom in your mind? We're all waiting for the, for the hill, right? Like they've been calling it now. I mean, I remember like 2016 people already saying like, Oh, like Brady's done. Like it's coming. The cliff is coming. He's gonna, and like he never has. Um, but eventually it will come because honestly, I mean, we remember how Peyton Manning's career ended. It was ugly. He was one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And, and by the end of his career, defenses picked on him. All he did was throw interceptions. So I think everyone kind of expected that to happen to Tom Brady at 37 and then 38 and then 39, right? All the way up until now. And so um, I think it is a matter of, well, do we think he's going to fall off that cliff? And I'm at the point where I'm convinced he's not going to. I mean, I think if he realizes that he's going to, he would just retire. So I think... See, and that's... Yeah, that's the quote that Tom Brady's always had, though. He said, when I suck, I will retire, or something along those lines. It was sort of that um, plays till 45 or sucks and then retires. That was always the or, or, right? It was... Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like there was no in-between for him. So I don't know. I don't I don't see him sucking. I'm, I'm aligned with you there. So yeah, I guess it's just a matter of, um, you know, what is the potential of this Bucks team? And I think... I mean, this year for sure, I, I think Super Bowl is a real possibility for them. Uh, they're in really a, a tough division. They're, they're surrounded by good teams. Um, and beyond that, I think the NFL has a lot of very competitive franchises right now. Or sorry, not a lot of, not a lot of very competitive franchises, but the ones that are competitive are all top-notch, right? I don't think anyone could say Tampa Bay is significantly better than the Chiefs or better than the Chiefs at all. Same with the Ravens I think the Saints probably still have to be in that conversation um, think about the 49ers you think about uh, even as much as I was critical of the, the Packers or the Cowboys talent wise those teams should be able to do something so um, it's always hard to predict the Super Bowl and I definitely think this roster has the potential to do it um, but chemistry is a big problem too I mean Tom Brady has always had uh, Wes Welker and then Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski these guys who he could just trust in any moment and how long is it going to take him to get those relationships here with Buccaneers receivers so you know I imagine uh, anything less than 10 or 11 wins in the next two years is considered a failure uh, I, I just you know I can't imagine they've built the roster the way they have and they're going to be okay with um, anything less than competing for for first seed trying to get the only buy now going into a seven-seeded playoff um, yeah I, I'm I'm very curious. I, I'm going to watch a lot of Bucks games this year. I think they're going to be a lot of fun, but I don't know. Where are you kind of thinking, like, do you think Brady has any shot at getting some awards near the end of his career here? Do you think they're a Super Bowl team? So I'll, I'll start off by saying that Tom Brady will never win another um, NFL MVP award in his career. So, again, he's, a, he's around a very talented Buccaneers team. Um, we know that they have a strong offensive line. We know that they... I mean, they have probably the best set of weapons in the league or, or very much in that, you know, top one to three conversation, like no doubt about it. And so where my concern comes in is um, that running game, you know, how much is Tom Brady going to have to drop back? I've talked about that before. And whenever we, you know, thought about Tom Brady at this age playing, um, and even though he has those great weapons, my concern is how much is he going to throw the ball how much stress will the running game be able to take off of him? 
Um, how well will the defense play as well? That division is packed with strong offensive uh, units. So I'm a little bit concerned about that defense. So quite honestly, I, I thought to myself, okay, let's say Tom Brady plays two more years. Let's say they're both with the Buccaneers. I can't see a situation in which the Buccaneers do not make the playoffs because they are led by Tom Brady. I cannot see a situation where Tom Brady makes or does not make the playoffs. And so I don't believe that Tom Brady is going to win any Super Bowls. Um, I'm making a, a very bold prediction that at this point in time, even though the Bucks will win the division in my mind, I think the Saints are going to beat them in the divisional round. Um, I just get that feeling that the Buccaneers are not meant to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't think Tom Brady's legacy will be thought of like Peyton Manning's is now, where, you know, a lot of people still remember him as a Bronco most recently because of the fact that he did win that Super Bowl with them. And I don't think that um, that connection will ever be made between Brady and the Bucks because no championship will be present. And so um, I see this next year, the defense not necessarily supporting him, the running game not necessarily supporting him, not making it too far in the playoffs this year. And I see the same thing next year. Maybe they make it to the conference championship, maybe not, but I don't see him actually winning another Super Bowl in his career. But <laughs> I'm going to make two more projections that are a little bit bold here. I think he finishes all time with the most passing yards and the most passing touchdowns for a career. Drew Brees leads both of those categories right now, and especially the yards. He leads by quite a healthy amount considering they're both active. But that's sort of the, the projection that I have for Tom Brady in his career is that um, records-wise, He'll go down as the greatest, and obviously he's the greatest player of all time, but he does not win another Super Bowl um, and, of course, doesn't win one with the Bucs. I think that, for me, actually, like as someone who is first and foremost a Patriots fan, but also, like, I mean, Tom Brady has been all I've known since I started watching football. Um, I am admittedly a little happy that he'll have the chance to potentially claim those records. Uh, with this New England offense, he was never going to get them. That wasn't going to happen with the people around him right now um, because Breeze has a lot of weapons. But um, with the regression we're starting to see from Drew Breeze and with this new uh, setup around Tom Brady in Tampa, he could take those career yardage and, uh, and touchdown records. I think not easily, but he definitely could, especially if Breeze only plays one more year. And so don't want to spoil when we talk about Drew Breeze in a couple minutes, but um, their careers could look very different. I have uh, a few different statements that I'd make about Drew Brees in comparison to Tom Brady. But, um, you know, thinking about Tom Brady, it, the term, <laughs> or, you know, saying Tom Brady's name, there are two things that register in your head. One is, you know, that he now plays for the Buccaneers. And the second one is Bill Belichick. And so obviously he's not a quarterback of the 2010s, but um, if you didn't have any more analysis on what you think Tom Brady's career is going to look like, what do you think about Bill Belichick's? You know, he's 68. Yeah, this is, what is, this what is happened? Our, uh, this is our Patriots fan service, I think. Um, and also, no, but everyone, I, I joke with Adam, curious, like, these, right? well, and these names are inseparable. Gonna win. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think it's a big matter of, of how long does Belichick really want to do this, right? Uh, like, I just can't see... Um, I can't see a situation in which Bill Belichick has teams that are absolute train wrecks. I, I do think that he is just a better head coach by that much of a margin than, than almost every other head coach in the league, um, minus a few who are, who are pretty darn good at what they're doing. But um, 
I also have a hard time seeing this current Patriots roster as a Super Bowl contender. Maybe for, I would say, like, we are probably three or four years out from actually being to compete. And that is if Belichick nails the draft, if the free agents we sign are good, right? I, I mean, any team is like that, but a, a Belichick-led team has a bit of an advantage there. Um, if Belichick coaches till he's 75, I think another Super Bowl is a real possibility. Um, if he coaches till he's 70, yeah, it's not happening. But I just can't see a team coached by him turning into a total train wreck either. And I agree with you. Um, I was listening to Michael Giardi talk the other day, and he said that the strength, the strength of the Patriots, um, yes, it always used to be Tom Brady because the Patriots do a really good job of fitting their system around the players that they have. Um, Michael Giardi referenced when Matt Castle played no nine when Brady tore his ACL. Um, they adjusted the offense to Castle. Same thing with Brissett when Brady was suspended and uh, Garoppolo went down in, what year was that, 2016, I guess that would have been. And so the Patriots offense is going to adjust to fit whoever the starter is. You know, it's projected that that's Jared Stidham. Um, I'm expecting that this Patriots team, no, they might not be a Super Bowl contender within the next one, two, three years maybe. But the projection that I have is Bill Belichick will coach for five more years. And I'm going, again, quite bold with this just because I absolutely love like dreaming up different concepts, thinking about um, different potentials. And I guess, you know, just going in depth with what the organization could look like in the future. And so right now, I just want to state he's 55 wins away from being the winningest coach of all time by number of wins, not necessarily winning percentage, but again, number of wins. Um I think he coaches five more years with five more years, 16. Oh, it's, it's 17 regular season games. So that actually impacts my math here a little bit, but there's a good chance. I think that he could win 55 games in that span, especially with the season now being extended to 17 games and having that one more game each year to possibly win. So I project that Bill Belichick is going to take the Patriots team to the playoffs in the next or three times in the next five years, rather. And I can see him winning one more Super Bowl in that time. Um, a couple things that I see also happening, and this is just because I'm a, a Patriots nerd and I love uh, making projections, but I think that he starts to transition the general management duties to Nick Casario in the next year. I think that we start to see more of that of like formally being handed over to Nick Casario. They don't want him to leave. Um, I think that Belichick will recognize that he's not going to be there forever and Casario is the future. And it makes sense for him to have that GM role. And what I eventually see happening is I don't see Josh McDaniels being the heir to Bill Belichick. I actually see Gerard Mayo being the heir to Bill Belichick. Um, you could also stay, also say Steve Belichick, who's Bill's son. So I see Gerard being the coach by 23, 24 when Bill Belichick retires. So <laughs> Winningest coach of all time, awesome transition plan between the GM duties and the head coaching duties. And I think he does get that one more Super Bowl that Tom won't be able to reach. Okay. I like that plan sounds sweet to me. I love it. But I think <laughs> that's probably enough Patriots talk for the sake of anyone else who is listening who doesn't care, which I mean, we both do, but they'll survive. Um, so another one. And I actually, this is funny. He was probably the only name on the list who was younger than I thought when I was looking over the agents. Aaron Rodgers. He's 36 right now, turning 37 uh, either before or during the season. And he, I mean, has been considered, I think, the greatest quarterback 
um, in the league at certain points, especially over the last like six or seven seasons. His name has been thrown around in that discussion. Um, he, I mean, su- succeeded a incredible Hall of Fame quarterback, um, and I think started only his first games at what was it, twenty six or twenty seven years old, um, and now at this point. Uh, with one Super Bowl win and a roster around him that somehow went 13-3 and last year. Uh, what are you seeing with the remainder of Aaron Rodgers' career? So this one is a bit difficult. Um, the way that they drafted this past year, the fact that they took Jordan Love, you know, the fact that him and LaFleur had had some disputes in, in the past year, um, it seems to me as if the Packers are preparing themselves for the future, but no one really knows what their plan actually is is right they they drafted in positions where they seem to have uh, strengths like I don't know why they took a running back in the second round when they have as strong a backfield as they do so what I actually see happening he takes the Packers to the playoffs this next year but I think that 21-22 is his last season with the Packers I mean yeah the Jordan Love thing made it feel a lot like that Um, I'm just looking now and so he sat behind Favre for three years and started his first game at 25 years old. I mean, that, like, do, like, I don't know. I don't think the Packers want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. You have to be pretty dumb to want to get rid of one of the better quarterbacks to ever play professional football. But, like, oh, man. The, the Jordan Love pick, and I think I, I don't remember if I did it on the podcast or not, but I did praise that pick. I thought it was such a good idea to go and get your quarterback of the future while you still have a great one on your roster. But I imagine he's there for a little longer than you're predicting, Adam. I think that three or four year gap, I forget what is left on his contract right now. I think it's three or four years. Um, And that to me, at the end of the contract, like he won't get re-signed by them. I guess it's just a matter of if he keeps playing after that or not. Fair enough. Um, Where I see the the issue is that, you know, if there is any sort of dispute between Lafleur and Rodgers, I think um, whenever a new coach comes in and inherits an old system, and then in their very, what is this? I guess this would be LaFleur's second draft. To go out and draft a quarterback feels a bit weird to me, and I get that you want to mold someone behind Rodgers, but they had one more year, right? They had a lot of other needs that were far greater than the quarterback position. And so that signals to me that, um, like we've talked about with, with other coaches, right there, Cliff Kingsbury back in the day, um, he wants his guy. And that's what I sort of feel about LaFleur is that I think that Jordan Love was the guy he wanted. Um, so that's where I have a little bit of hesitation to say that Aaron Rodgers sticks with the Packers. I, I see 21-22 being the year that, um, you know, he gets into some disputes with LaFleur. They don't make the playoffs. Um, maybe he, you know, suffers an injury or any sort of hiccup that could happen that, uh, that holds the Packers back from making it to the playoffs. I could see something like that happening. Um, and then, yeah, I could see, like, why would you not want a quarterback on a rookie deal um, if they're confident within Jordan Love in the next couple of years? So that's why I could see Aaron Rodgers getting cut, potentially. Um, and I, for some reason, I feel like he's going to go to the AFC. It's going to be sort of a reversal from Tom Brady. He's going to find himself in the other conference. I, d- I don't see Aaron Rodgers pulling a Brett Favre and eventually playing for a division rival, that's for sure. I mean, that would be, be really fun. <laughs> Kirk Cousins finally, like, runs out his, uh, his time of favor in, Mini- in Minnesota and in comes Aaron Rodgers to save the day. Oh, my gosh. 
that would just be funny. But you know, and you know, I think if I ask you what the one defining trait of Aaron Rodgers' career or of just his play style is, um, like, what would you say? Because I know my answer, and I think it's one of the things people point out about him a ton. But if you had just had to pick one thing, like this is the thing that makes Aaron Rodgers a great quarterback, what would you pick? I would say playmaking ability. Because okay. in my mind, when I have, or when I think of Aaron Rodgers, the first thought that comes to mind is those Hail Marys at the last second of, of games that, you know, not too many quarterbacks could pull that off as much as he does. And, you know, the way he uses his legs, I would have to say just a general statement around playmaking ability. But what would you say? I feel like you have a specific answer built here. Yeah, no, for me, it's the fact that he does not throw interceptions. Um, okay, yeah, that's You know, <laughs> that to me, like, A, in, in today's NFL, where pretty much the only way to stop these all-star QBs is to pick them off. Um, and especially, I mean, Green Bay has had some good defenses over his career, but uh, you want to help a defense out, just don't turn the ball over. And Aaron Rodgers is better than anyone in league history at doing that. Nobody has been as efficient a passer as Aaron Rodgers has been. If you look from 2011 through to 2019, the most picks he threw in a season in that time was eight, which is absolutely (laughs) absurd. He, in his now 14-year career, though admittedly only 10 years of starting or 11 years of starting, has thrown less interceptions than Jameis Winston. Like, it's just (laughs) insane. And that, I think, has to be, um, like, yes, obviously, his Super Bowl win, his playmaking ability is huge. Aaron Rodgers um, was doing kind of Patrick Mahomes light kind of stuff, you know, just crazy crossbody throws, wacky stuff on the move, just making plays when it felt like everything was lost. But, um, you know, as I think about his career, I think he'll be defined as the most efficient passer ever and probably um, one of those few players who his name comes up as, oh, well, he helps them win games, I think, because of that efficiency, right? That's the big thing. His defense never had to worry that Aaron was going to come out and throw a pick two, two drives in a row. That just wasn't going to happen. Um, and I think, I mean, that'll be the one thing that continues. I don't think his interception total is going up over the course of the rest of his career. And for that reason, I think that the Packers will continue to be competitive. Um, I think of other names on this list. I mean, Russell Wilson is one coming up later, but one of those players who just because of their ability as a quarterback, they just kind of, they set the bar at, at their team's win total pretty high already with nothing, nothing else around them. Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. Um, I could see him grabbing another league MVP still. Um, again, whether that is for the Packers in these last few seasons he has before he hits 40. Um, but I think he's even said, I think recently on the Pat McAfee show that his one goal is to end with the Packers like legacy is super important to him so there's a lot of factors this Jordan Love thing is really going to play into um, how long Aaron Rodgers still plays and you know does he win another Super Bowl does he win more awards because it sounds to me like he doesn't want to play anywhere but Green Bay and that's um, it's, it's hard to know that right it's it's hard to know that and um, the perspective that I have is that he'll sort of have that chip on his back. And that's, it sounds dumb to say that Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his back, but <laughs> dropping as much as he did, thinking that there was a chance he was going to be selected by, by the 49ers, his hometown team, 
and they instead took Alex Smith, like he still to some degree has that chip on his back. And I think if the Packers were to, um, you know, end his time with them, whether that's trade or a threat of a retirement or uh, sorry, a threat of a trade, or if they cut him, um, it feels to me like you'd have that chip on his shoulder that um, just anger within him that he would have to go somewhere else to prove the Packers wrong. I, that's just the vibe I get from Aaron Rodgers is that he, he still has that mentality that he, uh, he needs to prove to people that he's um, still at that level, I think. And that's why I, I just, I'm not confident in saying he'll end his career with the Packers. So who knows? Um, one other thing that I think is kind of a, a fun prediction to make, but so Brett Favre has 508 touchdown passes, you know, for his career. Aaron Rodgers is currently sitting at 364. And I don't know if Packers fans are hoping for this, not hoping for this, whatever the case may be. But I, I'm going to project right now, state it plainly, Aaron Rodgers will not have more career touchdown passes than Brett Favre. Um, I just, I can't see him doing it at his age. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you want to make a, a statement that's probably going to piss off Packer fans as much as that. But that was my... Uh, my one final assessment in the comparison between him and Favre. Same amount of Super Bowl rings, less touchdown passes. And significantly less interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> good ad, good ad. Favre does Next. have the, the uh, oh goodness, the record for most interceptions in a career. So, hey, that's something to brag about. Yeah, you survived long enough in the NFL to pull that off. <laughs> oh yeah good old Brett Favre but and actually just so one more ways. comment on that what is so interesting is that right they had Favre who was just old school gunslinger just wanted to throw the ball hard didn't really care if he threw it to his team or the other team he just wanted to whip it across <laughs> the field um, you see the contrast then in Rodgers you get this guy who cares for the football better than anyone but now Jordan Love is another one who is kind of your old school gunslinger big arm uh, had some issues with ball security in his college career. Um, and it is kind of odd to see them almost looking for that Favre mold again over the, the Rogers one. But that's just one final comment on that. No, it's a, that's a good comment too. <laughs> it just goes to show that maybe the Packers don't value that ball security as, as much as we may think, right? Or as much as you were stating. Cause mm. yeah, who knows? Who knows? That's probably the most interesting out of all these quarterbacks, I think, just because of obviously all the speculation that's happened over the course of this offseason. But um, this is the next quarterback, or, you know, Drew Brees being the next quarterback on this list, rather. I have to say, I think it's, it's short and sweet as far as my, my prediction for the rest of Drew Brees' career. I think he'll be second of all time in passing yards and touchdowns. That's great. I think he only plays one more year. He wins the Super Bowl with the Saints this year. I think that's that's all I have to say about Drew Brees. You know, the Saints have been denied the past couple of years, and to me, this just feels like um, it, it, Drew Brees went to New Orleans, and it was the underdog story. It was right after Hurricane Katrina. He was part of that franchise being resurrected, taking them to their first uh, Super Bowl win, and really, he has been the heart of that city, the heart of that franchise for so long, and it feels like to me that he's always thrived as an underdog, especially after his shoulder issues back in the day in Miami, not signing him and this and that. So it feels to me like Drew Brees, like Peyton Manning, is going to go out on top as a Super Bowl winner. 
So I'm probably rooting future episodes of the Goal Line Fade podcast when we talk about our Super Bowl projections. <laughs> but anyways, that's my short and sweet analysis on Drew Brees. Yeah, he's got to be one of the more likable players in NFL history. Um, his story has been, I mean, told so many times. He had this injury that people thought was going to be it for him and um, honestly came back significantly better and turned into a Hall of Famer and one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, has done so much for that city. Um, just, yeah, absolutely has been a, a class act his entire career. Um, and much like Aaron Rodgers has kind of one thing to his name for Drew Brees, it's his accuracy, right? Consistently oh. finishing Absolutely. anywhere from 68 to over 70% completion the last three seasons, 72, 74.4, 74.3 completion percentage, just insane. Um, he just, he hits his passes all the time. That is what he is incredible at. Um, yeah. And even now, yeah, I, I think, that roster is built for a Super Bowl run. I do fear the regression of his arm strength. Um, that, to me, is something that was starting to already be seen last year. But I think having Michael Thomas makes up for that because Michael Thomas, you don't need to throw deep to him. He's not really that type of player. You, you feed him um, in volume and you let him make the plays. And now, too, they brought in, um, oh, my gosh. New Orleans beefed up their receiving core a little bit, didn't they? Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, there we go. Emmanuel Sanders, who is a guy who can, not like he used to be able to, but he can still take the top off a of defense. Um, you have to respect his ability to go deep. So, yeah, I could see them winning a Super Bowl this year. I don't think they're my first pick, and I definitely don't think Drew Brees can be um, the only factor. I don't think he's a 5,000-yard, 40 five touchdown quarterback anymore um, and maybe he'll prove me wrong I kind of hope he does because like I said I love Drew Brees but um, I think he can take care of the football he can complete enough passes to let your playmakers go and make plays uh, and that team yeah over the what two years he has left on this deal whether he just plays one or plays two um, it could be I mean it will be uh, the end to a storybook career a guy who is an immediate hall of famer just like Aaron Rodgers just like Tom Brady absolutely no doubt those guys are going into the hall um, but yeah, another ring would definitely help him out. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing I should clarify too. Like he did just sign a two year, $50 million deal, but it feels to me that, um, you know, the fact that he's 41 would be 42 next year. Um, I think if he goes on, goes out on top, you know, wins the Super Bowl, I think it's, uh, that'll make the most sense, which is why, like to your point, I don't think he's going to have that 5,000 yard season that we've seen him do, you know, quite often in his career probably not going to put up the huge touchdown totals that he has in his career. And that's why I think if Tom plays even one more season beyond him, um, I think that Tom will be able to get those records. So those are some of the assumptions I'm making, but like (laughs) it doesn't do it justice saying that he's incredible when it comes to his accuracy, like probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. And just you stating those numbers is just like, it's jaw dropping how good of, uh, a thrower he is right and I mean quarterback of course but just the way that he delivers the ball is absolutely amazing um well it's funny when you compare it like maybe just for some context of that almost 75 completion percentage the last two seasons um in my mind and you know people might disagree with this but when I see a game where a quarterback finishes between 63 and 66 completion percentage like I'm happy with that 60 percent I'm still kind of happy with a QB like 75 is insane three out of every four passes making it into your receiver's hands, that's just 
oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely incredible. And this coming from a guy, again, who we thought, uh, or not we, I, I mean, I wasn't doing analysis back then, but this is a person that people didn't know if he'd ever be able to throw again, right? Or throw at that same level. So for him to have continued to play at an amazing level, even after going through that adversity, like nothing but respect. And of course, he'll be a Hall of Famer. So then another guy, and I think this is the point where you and I will start um, probably diverging. I think these first three, it was easy, um, Hall of Famers. And now as we kind of continue to move down this list, you're dealing with guys who are more question marks. I think uh, our number four pick here probably gets in no matter what. But it's a question, I think, of if he deserves it or not that you and I might disagree on. I'm not really sure where you stand on it. But Ben Roethlisberger now, um, at 38 years old, just having missed essentially all of last season, um, but like prior to that was a, a relatively durable quarterback. He's, he's played um, a lot of games. has had a lot of success. I think has, is it two or three Super Bowl rings? Um, two, yeah. Two Super Bowl rings. And now I think this year kind of feels like um, a big question mark. Um, you know, is Big Ben going to come back and be Big Ben? There were rumors of him considering retirement, I think as far back as 2016, it sounds for sure like he's playing this year. People talked about regression, but that's never really happened. And now uh, we enter the 2020 season with a, a Steelers team that looked pretty solid last year, besides the fact that they didn't actually have an NFL quarterback on their roster. <laughs> still still criticizing Mason Rudolph this much after the season, eh? And Doc Hodges. They were both horrendous. It was just, ugh. <laughs> oh, fair enough. But this is another guy who um, I don't know why I feel this way, right? With Drew Brees, I just felt like he had to go out on top and that, you know, the Saints have been denied the past couple of years when they should have been in. I mean, maybe, maybe not the Super Bowl, but should have progressed beyond where they got eliminated from the playoffs. And so Ben Roethlisberger, I think he only plays two more years. I think this first year he'll make the huge strides for the Steelers offense. I think just him being in the lineup will lift the Steelers up. You know, Juju Smith-Susa will have a better year. Um, we'll see like a receiver like James Washington uh, develop a little bit more. Maybe James Conner, if he can stay healthy, will help out Ben Roethlisberger and not have to throw the ball as much. But I see the Steelers making it to the playoffs this year, not necessarily winning a Super Bowl, but call me crazy. I think Ben, he's only going to play two more years, but I can see him winning one more Super Bowl in his career. So I guess by process of elimination, I think next year, the Steelers could win the Super Bowl if they can continue to build what they have on defense. So I think that the Super Bowl, you know, would be led by their defense. But there's something about this team that I think Ben will win at least one more um, if he plays there for the next two years. And so the reason I think that he will be a Hall of Famer and Daniel why I think he will be actually a first ballot Hall of Famer is because I think he'll retire in the top five for all time passing yards. Um and if you look at that top five, like all those guys are in the Hall of Fame or will be in the Hall of Fame when they're no longer active. So as far as I'm concerned, if you can make it into that echelon of player um, and put up those kind of numbers over the course of your career, and he has three Super Bowls to his name, I think that he has to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So that's sort of the way I see things playing out. And when I was thinking about it, it was really hard to, um, or I guess where I had the most disagreement internally was it was really hard to label him as winning one more Super Bowl in his career but with how good that defense is going to be 
I don't think he'll have to be playing at an elite level in order for that to happen, which is why I think the Steelers team will continue to build on defense and why that it's um, or very much could be a possibility next year. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I just, I think my only hesitation there and why I likely don't think that he does win another Super Bowl, I, I really wonder even if Pittsburgh will manage to be competitive in the playoffs for the next two seasons are because, like, honestly, if we think back to, I mean, 2013, 2014, 2015, this Steelers offense was probably the scariest offense in the league. Uh, we had prime Le'Veon Bell, who was running better than literally anyone over the course of a few of those seasons. Antonio Brown, um, easily the best receiver in football before he lost his mind. At one point, this was an offense that had Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, and Antonio Brown all playing together. And during that time, they couldn't win a Super Bowl. They just couldn't put it together, which is like, it, it does give me some doubt. Um, ben Roethlisberger had the help of some really, really good defenses with the Super Bowls that he did win, and he would need that again. But I look at the offense now, and yeah, James Conner is a poor man's Lev Bell, and Juju might it's hard to know after last season what to really think of Juju Smith-Schuster is he really um, potentially a a future elite receiver but um, yeah I don't know just having seen the the inability to get over the hump for the Steelers teams um, kind of throughout almost all the 2010s makes me really hesitant to say that Ben can win another Super Bowl and I understand where you're coming from on that but um I guess what I'm putting a lot of stock into is that (laughs) the 2010 Steelers and on, right, like that decade of the Steelers, it'll always be marked with drama. It'll always be marked with Le'Veon Bell holding out with, you know, Antonio Brown drama down the stretch of his time with there or with the Steelers. I mean, um, his time there. So that's, I mean, whether or not people always hold that in, in their recent memory of the Steelers, um, I don't know, but to me, that's what I hold in my recent memory is that the Steelers had been sort of drama-filled. They did have great seasons, right? A couple of years ago, um, when the Jaguars made it to the AFC Championship game uh, against the Patriots there, like it was the Steelers that were playing against them and the Steelers who were the favorite there. If they had played the Patriots, right? If the Steelers had played the Patriots, I mean, who knows, right? It could have been a, a Pennsylvania Super Bowl. So I guess that's where I have a little bit more... Um, appreciation for the locker room dynamic for the Steelers because I truly believe their weakness of the team before was again just the the amount of drama um, circulating around that team but now I feel like they're in a position where they all want to win and they have a strong defense and that's where the core of their team is and not in their playmakers that are unreliable or or cause issues off the field so um, that's my (laughs) rebuttal to that perspective I guess. Yeah, and I can hear that. I can hear that. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think about Ben's career. Yeah, I, I think you're right. He's an easy Hall of Famer. Um, he, at no point in his career, was the best QB in the league, but I think that's just because of the time that he was playing QB at. Um, could he win an MVP award in these next few years? Sure. I think that's possible, especially if he um, can kind of you know, recall the form from, uh, from 2018 when he had over 5,000 yards, 34 touchdowns. I mean, 60 picks is a little ugly, but um, he could get that number down. So, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Ben, to me, is one of the harder ones to predict where the end of his career will go just because he missed all of last season. Uh, so it's hard to know how he's going to come back and how he's going to play once he's back on the field. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, maybe this is the last year for him too, right? Then I'm, I'm not saying this is what I think, but um, if he does have a, a rough year this year and just doesn't live up to expectations, do we see the Steelers cut him potentially or move on from him in favor of a younger quarterback, um, a more inexpensive quarterback, you know, with keeping in mind that their defense is as strong as it is and as young as it is with, you know, TJ Watt being 25, Minka Fitzpatrick being as young as he is, um, and some of the other defensive talent that they have there. So um, it's, it's an interesting spot. But if you think about someone else from that draft class, right, like Eli's moved on, but Philip Rivers is also still in the league. Philip Rivers, you know, turning 39 in, in this next year. Um, I, I don't have as much optimism when it comes to Philip Rivers. You know, out of no, the I, three of those quarterbacks, I, I feel like Rivers probably had, you know, maybe statistically one of the the best career out of the three of them. I'd say he's probably the best out of the three of them, but I, I don't know. <laughs> the legacy of Philip Rivers is always going to be a, a clouded one for me. Yeah, I think he's done. Um, I think we were already starting to see that last season. Yes, he threw for a lot of yards still, but he just didn't look like himself. And he always was the gunslinger who threw a decent chunk of picks, but 20 is just too many. Um, he was very clearly picked when the team moved from San Diego to LA. And now, I mean, in Indianapolis, this is just a totally new experience for him. Uh, but a team that showed that they believed in him. It's not like they went and got him for, for a super cheap contract. So I, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that team winning any Super Bowls. I don't think we're going to see a Phillip Rivers MVP. Um, I don't even know if they're a playoff team with him at QB. But yeah, I think he, I mean, I am a Phillip Rivers apologist, but um, I do think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think he was held back by injuries that his team faced. And it's actually crazy to me how close to a 500 record he has as a QB. Um, actually only like 20 games off. That's mind blowing. But yeah, that team was never held back by Philip Rivers. And I think that's the key thing to remember. It was always other pieces falling apart. Yeah, no, fair enough. And he, he was on some pretty good teams back in the day too. They were the team that played the, the 2007 Patriots in the AFC championship game. So, I mean, that would have been a huge upset if they pulled it off. But if he wins just that one game and has a shot at the Super Bowl, who knows what we're saying about him in this conversation if, in that you know other dimension. So um, I, I agree with you. Um, I see the Colts actually making the playoffs, though. I've talked about how much I love their offensive line and the running game um, possibility that I see there and how much I think Jonathan Taylor and, and that backfield can carry the Colts offense and how you know strong I think their defense can be as well. So I see them actually making it to the playoffs this year, whether that means winning the division or, or sliding in one of the seven playoff spots in the AFC. Um, though I have a bit of a, you know, a weird feeling <laughs> towards Phillip Rivers, though, because of the fact that he never stood out to me as an elite quarterback. Like he was always effective, always to your point, right? He was never the reason that the Chargers lost games, but. I, I don't know where I have him. I don't think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think that he'll retire before Big Ben. And I mean, he is 
um, further in touchdowns for his career and further in yards um, for his career. So I think he does retire in the top five of both of those categories, in, specifically in fifth place before being passed by uh, Roethlisberger for passing yards. But he was never that elite quarterback to me. We never talked about him as the league's best. And so for that reason and the fact that he also has no Super Bowls and I don't see him getting any for the remainder of his career, I think that he's a Hall of Famer, yes, but I think it'll be, you know, maybe a third ballot Hall of Famer or fourth ballot Hall of Famer, something along those lines. One year when there's a weaker class, maybe he'll be included. And I don't mean that to be rude, but I just think his legacy, unlike some of the other guys that we mentioned, will never have been he was one of the league's greatest. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment of him. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add beyond that. So unless you do, let's uh, let's head on to Matt Ryan. <laughs> this one's fun. I love Matt Ryan, and I've got a pretty fun, <laughs> dumb, bold prediction to make here. Okay, let's you hear it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you had any specific questions about it, but so I think he plays until. He's 39. So four more seasons. That's fine. Not too much of a bold prediction. I think he makes the playoffs in two of those next four years. Again, not that bold of a prediction. I could see him actually being traded from the Falcons next offseason. I think that um, if the Falcons don't make the playoffs, which I'm projecting they won't, Dan Quinn gets fired because we know that there's high expectations for Dan Quinn. You know, a new coach comes in, wants to move on to a younger, less expensive quarterback from Matt Ryan. Dak's contract is going up. Who knows what the salary contract or the salary cap, I mean, is going to look like and how contracts from, you know, quarterback mega deals are going to look. So I project that <laughs> the Cowboys move off of Dak Prescott, don't pay him the money. Jerry Jones makes a, a bold move, goes out and trades for Matt Ryan. So I actually think <laughs> that Matt Ryan plays out his days with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think he actually wins a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys before his career is done. I think that um, with the way that his career has progressed, you know, he's in some of those conversations as could be a guy that gets into the top five passing yards as well. And I'm not just making dumb, bold statements today. I know I've said that quite often, but if you go and look at his numbers and the way that he's been able to consistently perform, I think he does get into that top five category for both passing yards and passing touchdowns. So Daniel, I think he gets that elusive Super Bowl. Um, he does not have another twenty-three or twenty-eight to three situation. I mean, but it's for the Dallas Cowboys. Huh? That that's a <laughs> prediction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Man, yeah, that's like so incredibly specific. But yeah, I I do really like Matt Ryan. I always have. He was. Like I said, when I started watching, Matt Ryan was kind of the young quarterback on the scene starting his career uh, with the Falcons. Only, I guess he would have been three or four years in, was kind of just starting to, um, you know, actually show a lot of promise at that point. So he's always been a name in my mind as being, you know, a pretty solid quarterback in the league. And I think, A, for the Falcons to, to trade away a guy who has probably become one of the most prolific players in their franchise history. Um, you know, probably not the best idea. I don't think your fans are going to be super happy about that. And I think that at 35, it's pretty impossible to say, oh, no, he won't win a Super Bowl. They did come really close. Uh, they have now, like, a really strong receiving course. They have, um, I mean, a defense that 
has its weaknesses, but also, in theory, should be good under Dan Quinn if maybe he can finally put things together with them. So uh, I don't know if you've ever checked this out, but it's, it's really interesting to me that on, uh, on Pro Football Reference, you can look at players who have like a similar um, stat, like similar stats and career years, like per year of a career, which sounds really weird, but like you can go and look. So like at, you know, when, when Matt Ryan was nine years in, his stats compared to these players when they were nine years in. Um, <laughs> and, if you, and if you look at those who at this point in his career have a similar shape, according to Pro Football Reference, uh, you realize just how good Matt Ryan really has been. Just listen to this list of names. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Montana, Philip Rivers, Dan Marino, Roger Staubach, John Elway, Russell Wilson, Dan Fouts, Jim Kelly. That's, that's <laughs> quite the list of names. Yeah, no so kidding. I think, I think you're looking at a guy who is a surefire future Hall of Famer, even though a lot of people definitely don't see him that way right now. Um, yeah, could definitely have an MVP award sometime in this last half of last half who might the last you know third of his career uh, definitely has a shot at a Super Bowl I guess whether that's with Atlanta or not is a fair question but um, no I think I think he it would not shock me to see him have quite a bit of success near the back end of his career yeah and I agree and I I, I can't remember what I said so I apologize if I'm going against something I said earlier, but I, I think he makes it into the Hall of Fame. I'm just, I'm not sure about him being a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, that's all. I mean, yeah. depending on the success he has, like if he if he wins multiple Super Bowls, absolutely, he'll be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. If he walks away with zero, um, you know, second ballot, maybe third ballot, who knows? But uh, no, I completely agree with you. Like he's uh, probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks of the 2010s, I would have to say. Um, he had that one MVP season, but we don't talk about just how good he is. And like yeah. having a receiver like Julio Jones probably <laughs> and Roddy you know, White before him. The, the respect that we give him. And and Roddy White, exactly. So um having those strong receivers maybe doesn't do him justice, but I, I don't care. Matt Ryan is an elite quarterback and, and should be thought of that way. It's just it's gonna be the winning, I think. And uh yeah, if he can win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls, I think that will We'll get him in as a first ballot. But the next couple guys on the list are a little bit younger than Matt Ryan. But um, I know that you have huge respect for Kirk Cousins. You have huge respect for Matthew Stafford as well. Um, you quite often, you know, bulk up for them when other people are criticizing them. And so I guess I'm really interested to hear from your perspective. Do they ever, you know, get that monkey off their back, right? Like I think of Steve Young every time I hear that quote, but um Kirk Cousins, does he ever win the big game? Matt Stafford, does he stay healthy? Does he ever have a defense or a team around him that allows him to get into the playoffs and to win playoff games? Um, with these two, I'm, I mean, they've got longer career expectations, in my mind at least, than the other guys we've talked about thus far. But um, how do you feel about those two guys? And, and what do you think their landscape is as far as do they have a chance to be MVP? Do they have a chance to make it into the Hall of Fame? Because, I mean, you've always stood up for them, uh, more so than myself. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think I don't think either of these two players are Hall of Famers. Um, at least they haven't done nearly enough at this point to really even put their names into that discussion. Um, yeah, I've been a pretty ardent defender of both of them. I think Matt Stafford has been surrounded by 
absolutely horrendous team pretty much his entire career. Um, but he's faithfully stuck it out in, uh, in Detroit and just dealt with it. Um, and it's also like, I mean, Matt Stafford had the benefit of being drafted young. I mean, he's now 10 years into his career and only 31, I think, 32. Um, but he was drafted at 21 years old. I think I want to say at 20 years old. Uh, he played the first season at 21 years old. So what's, yeah, Matt Stafford's stats are not mind-blowing by any means. Um, he's thrown a lot of picks. That's definitely been, been a fault of his in his career. Uh, but 2019, he was on pace for an absolutely incredible season before his injuries derailed it. He was on pace for 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, only 10 picks. Uh, he was looking good, and an injury ended it. But, um, yeah, I just don't – I don't know if he has a shot at a Super Bowl, especially with the way the Lions have been. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, um, obviously – was drafted to be kind of an insurance policy behind uh, RG3 and turned into the better quarterback of the two by a pretty significant margin. Um, But he didn't really get a shot to start a full season until he was 27 years old. He was drafted old. He was 24 during his first season. So I think both of them, yeah, haven't really done enough at this point to even warrant the Hall of Fame discussion. And I think both of them now at 31 would have to do quite a bit uh, to, to keep their names even as potential for that in five years. And I completely agree with you. Um, the big difference I see between the two of these guys is I see Kirk Cousins winning a Super Bowl with the Vikings. That defense is, is too strong in Minnesota, and I think one of these years it'll pay off. One of these years, Kirk Cousins will make that step, will have the, the games that he needs to have down the stretch, and I think that that team with him leading it is very strong um, or sorry, will be very strong at some point. And I think he just has to get that monkey off his back uh, and get that Super Bowl win. You know, the first for the Vikings franchise, I think, you know, if, uh, you know, if they don't replace him first, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I could see Kirk Cousins winning a Super Bowl in the situation where he is right now. And I don't see the Vikings moving off of him anytime soon, maybe at the end of his deal, but I think he does win one before he's done with the Vikings. Matt Stafford, on the other hand, I don't see him playing too much longer with Detroit, quite honestly. I think that as soon as Patricia Patricia is gone, um, Stafford will be a casualty as part of that. And so I actually, again, just like Matt Ryan, I have a sort of trade projection that when Tom Brady retires is approximately when I could see Patricia being fired as well. Just the timing of you know how the NFL could work. And it would not surprise me for a team like the Buccaneers, if they're still in win-now mode from the Brady era, to, to make a move for Stafford. And so I could see a situation present itself in the future where Stafford gets that chance to remove himself from the Lions where he doesn't have a chance to win. So I think that's the, the, the main difference between the two of them is, in my mind, Kirk Cousins wins a Super Bowl with that Vikings team. And you know Matt Stafford will never win one with that Lions team. And if he does ever win one in his career, it won't be in Detroit. So, but I completely agree with you. Right now, they're not Hall of Famers. Matt Stafford, in my mind, will always have, you know, injuries surrounding him and didn't live up to the expectations of a number one quarterback. Is he good? Yes, but he's never been elite. And to be a number one overall pick, like he, yeah, he was first overall. Um, he was. It just, yeah. I'm, I was thinking of Matt Ryan, who was third overall, but. You know, to have that, 
expectation as a number one overall quarterback is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame at this point in time. So then we have two left on this list, and it might feel kind of weird to talk about them together, but um, I think it actually makes a lot of sense to do that. You have Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, who are uh, Cam is 31, Russ is going to be turning 32, and they kind of are um, the now the the first quarterbacks of their generation, this generation of QBs who were not only pocket passers, who were comfortable running the football and extremely effective running the football. Um, and they came into the league only one year apart um, with, you know, a little bit of a different setup. Obviously, Cam was a first overall pick, and Russell Wilson, uh, as a third-round pick, ended up just winning – or second-round pick? Third-round pick. Ended up round, just winning, yeah. winning the job from Matt Flynn in his rookie year um, and has gone on to start 16 games a year every year since then. But, um, yeah, it's weird that these guys are at this point, right? They were <laughs> – some of the dominant QBs of the 2010s, but now we're having to look at, well, as their careers end, um, you know, what are we going to see? And they're so different than the other guys on this list because now all of a sudden it's not just about passing. You have to take into account the rushing stats for these guys. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and they're in completely different situations as well. Like to your point, Cam Newton was drafted first overall and, you know, had lots of, um, excitement built up behind him a lot of expectations for what his career would look like russell wilson didn't you know he was drafted at a, at a time when matt flynn was supposed to be the starting quarterback for the seahawks and ended up winning that job russell wilson has had a fantastic career and you know what cam has for the most part as well he's had a good career won an mvp made it to one super bowl but um it's interesting right one of these guys isn't even on a roster right now which still blows my mind so it's uh, it's interesting to think about these guys as being the age they are, first of all, and their careers are at sort of that point where they, they have the chance to really deviate, right? Does Russell Wilson ever win another Super Bowl? You know, does he stay with Seattle for the remainder of his career? With Cam Newton, where does he sign this offseason, right? Cam Newton is living a much more short-term game than I think Russell Wilson is. So, yeah, putting these two together is is interesting just because I think in one, Russell Wilson, we have a guy who, at this point in time, we're, we're willing to deem him as a guy who will be in the Hall of Fame. If he can oh, keep up ballot. progression. He could retire yeah. today and get into the Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot if he retired today, but I agree with you. By the time his career is done, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer, for sure. Cam Newton, on the other hand, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I see him signing with the team this year in training camp. You know, maybe he comes in for a quarterback that gets injured in training camp or the preseason or early in the season. So I, I see him making a roster and being in the league for multiple more years. But I see Russell Wilson is still having, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't think he's ever received an MVP vote. I could see him being an NFL MVP. I could see him making it to one, two, three more Super Bowls. Um, I see Russell Wilson going down as, you know, one of the top quarterbacks. And maybe his stats wouldn't be that way. Because to your point, he did, or I mean, he does run the ball enough that maybe his passing numbers don't quite reflect some of the other greats who have put up, you know, those big numbers consistently. But to me, I, I feel like, I mean, you're bang on with the fact that these are got, like the first um, prototypes of that running quarterback, right? Where you have to be aware of their legs as well as their arm strength. And I mean, Russell Wilson is just, yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable to me to think that he was a third round pick, quite honestly. 
Yeah, I think the the big things for me as I think about these two players, I think Russell Wilson, at 32 years old, he's going to win another Super Bowl. He's going to get a league MVP in there. Um, and he's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has just been too good for too long. Um, he's really the only QB who can compete with Aaron Rodgers for efficiency. He's only thrown 68 career interceptions. That's not high. He's, the max he's had in the season has been 11. Um, he's a very, very, very good passer. And I think that's something of his game that's, that's underrated. Really, I think Russell Wilson is probably talked about as one of the better QBs in the league. And I still think he's underrated by a lot of people. They don't realize that Russell Wilson very well should have his name in the conversation for one of the, for the best QB of this generation. He is that good. Um, and that's not even looking at his rushing numbers, which have been impressive. Uh, Touchdown-wise, you know, maybe not incredible, but um, he's always been able to add a lot of value with his legs. Picking up, like, the, the least first downs he's gotten with his legs during a season has been 17. He adds a lot of value with his legs. And then Cam is kind of a totally different conversation. I don't think he is a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't really even know if he starts on a team this year or ever again. He's had a lot of ups and downs in his career. He's had some ball security issues. He's had a few injury problems. Um, his rushing stats are more impressive. 58 rushing touchdowns from a QB is, is just insane. But, no, there are they're two QBs who, yeah, kind of started this boom. You know, we had a few before, the Michael Vick, Vince Young, whatever. But not until these two Steve did. Steve too. Yeah. And even Steve Young. But, I mean, not until these two did we really see a consistent success um, a consistent ability to run the ball and guys just breaking the mold. So I think in Russell Wilson, you have a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, probably a guy with multiple Super Bowl rings by the end of it all. With Cam, you have a guy who needs to be respected as a very, very important NFL figure for the sake of the game, but probably not much more than that. Yeah, I would agree. And I think one point of respect for Russell Wilson, considering his size as well, and I mean, that was one of the, the main reasons why he, you know, did get drafted where he did in the third round was because of his size. But, um, and I mean, there's the, Drew Brees is, I guess, an example of another short quarterback that found his way in the NFL. But Russell Wilson is the first quarterback to be, you know, that athletic and mobile and, and run the ball and still be durable too. Like he's not that big of a guy, but the big difference between him and, and Cam Newton from that running perspective is, that he's been a lot more durable over the course of his career. And so, I mean, his running style might not allow him to, to play into his 40s, but when comparing those two, that durability has to stand out as a difference. So, no, I, I completely agree that, um, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, he deserves to win an MVP award before his career is done. And uh, I think even last year, you could have put him in the conversation as MVP alongside um, Lamar Jackson, and, and many people did. I, I was one that did quite side with that or didn't see that perspective, but you know, people do credit him with carrying that Seahawks team a lot of the time. And so um, Russell Wilson feels like one of those guys to me that, that will do that for the rest of his career. will carry his team, will win Super Bowls, and hopefully for his sake, win an NFL MVP award, at least one. So we'll be continuing this series over the next few weeks. Um, things are really starting to look good for there being an NFL season this year, maybe with no fans, but um, I think we're going to get football floppy probably because of a bit of a late start for all the teams. But as we look forward to that, we'll be, we'll be talking about some more 
players. I mean, kind of the, the career shape we expect to see. Next week, we'll be digging into the, the dominant defenders of the 2010s. And um, I know for both Adam and I, this will be a lot of fun because um, a lot of these players have been guys who maybe haven't gotten all the credit they've deserved um, throughout this time. So, yeah, we're excited to continue doing this. It's been a lot of fun to, to look on these careers of players who have kind of defined the time that Adam and I have been watching football for. But, um, yeah, as we look forward to talking about the defense, we will see you all again next week.